Chapter Seven of the Bears of Blue River by Charles Major. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tanika, Madison, Alabama. The Fire Bear. One evening in December, a few weeks after Liney had saved Balzer's life by means of the borrowed fire, Balzer's father and mother and Mr. and Mrs. Fox went to Marion, a town of two houses and a church, three miles away, to attend protracted meeting. Liney and Tom and the Fox baby remained with Balzer and Jim and the Brent baby at the Brent cabin. When the children were alone, Liney proceeded to put the babies to sleep, and when those small heads of their respective households were dead to the world in slumber, rocked to that happy condition in a cradle made from the half of a round smooth log, hollowed out with an adze, the other children huddled together in the fireplace to talk and to play games. Chief among the games was that never-failing source of delight, Simon says thumbs up. Outside the house, the wind, blowing through the trees of the forest, rose and sank in piteous wails and moans, by turns, and the snow fell in angry fitful blasts, and whirled and turned, eddied and drifted, as if it were a thing of life. The weather was bitter cold, but the fire on the great hearth in front of the children seemed to feel that while the grown folks were away, it was its duty to be careful of the children, and to be gentle, tender, and comforting to them so it spluttered, popped, and cracked like the sociable, amiable, and tender-hearted fire that it was. It invited the children to go near it and to take its warmth, and told, as plainly as a fire could, and a fire can talk, not English perhaps, but a very understandable language of its own, that it would not burn them for worlds. So, as I said, the children sat inside the huge fireplace and cared little whether or not the cold north wind blew. After Simon had grown tiresome, Liney told riddles, all of which Tom, who had heard them before, spoiled by giving the answer before the others had a chance to guess. Then Limpy propounded a few riddles, but Liney, who had often heard them, would not disappoint her brother by telling the answers. Balzer noticed this and said, "'Limpy, you ought to take a few lessons in good manners from your sister.' "'Why ought I?' asked Tom, somewhat indignantly. "'Because she doesn't tell your riddles as you told hers,' answered Balzer. "'He wants to show off,' said Jim. "'No, he doesn't,' said Liney. But she cast a grateful glance at Balzer, which said, "'Thank you,' as plainly as if she had spoken the words. Tom hung his head and said he didn't like riddles anyway. "'Let's crack some nuts,' proposed Jim, who was always hungry. This proposition seemed agreeable to all, so Balzer brought in a large gourd filled with nuts, and soon they were all busy cracking and picking. Then Liney told stories from the Pilgrim's Progress and the Bible. She was at the most thrilling part of the story of Daniel in the lion's den, and her listeners were eager, nervous, and somewhat fearful when the faint cry of help seemed to come right down through the mouth of the chimney. "'Listen,' whispered Balzer, holding up his hands for silence. In a moment came again the cry, Help! The second cry was still faint, but louder than the first, and the children sprang together with a common impulse and clung to Balzer in unspoken fear. Help! Help! came the cry, still nearer and louder. Someone wants help, whispered Balzer. I must go to him. The latter clause was spoken rather hesitatingly. No, no, cried Liney. You must not go. It may be Indians trying to get you out there to kill you, or it may be a ghost. You'll surely be killed if you go. Liney's remark somewhat frightened Balzer and completely frightened the other children, but it made Balzer feel all the more that he must not be a coward before her. 
however much he feared to go in response to the cry for help he must not let liney see that he was afraid besides the boy knew that it was his duty to go and although with balzer the sense of duty moved more slowly than the sense of fear yet it moved more surely so he quickly grasped his gun and carefully examined the load and priming then he took a torch lighted it at the fire and out he rushed into the blinding freezing storm who's there cried balzer holding his torch on high help help came the cry from a short distance down the river evidently in the forest back of the barn balzer hurried in the direction whence the cry had come and when he had proceeded one hundred yards or so he met a man running toward him almost out of breath from fright and exhaustion balzer's torch had been extinguished by the wind snow and sleet and he could not see the man's face who are you and what's the matter with you asked brave little balzer meanwhile keeping his gun ready to shoot if need be don't you know me balzer gasped the other is it you polly asked balzer what on earth's the matter the fire bear the fire bear cried paul he's been chasing me for lord knows how long there he goes there don't you see him he's moving down to the river he's crossing the river on the ice now there there and he pointed in the direction he wished balzer to look sure enough crossing on the ice below the barn was the sharply defined form of a large bear glowing in the darkness of the night as if it were on fire this was more than even balzer's courage could stand so he started for the house as fast as his legs could carry him and polly came panting and screaming at his heels polly's name i may say was samuel parrot he was a harmless simple fellow a sort of hanger-on of the settlement and his surname which few persons remembered has suggested the nickname of paul or polly by which he was known far and wide by the time balzer had reached the house he was ashamed of his precipitate retreat and proposed that he and polly should go out and further investigate the fire bear this proposition met with such a decided negative from polly and such a vehement course of protests from liney and the other children that balzer with reluctance in his manner but gladness in his heart consented to remain indoors and to let the fire bear take his way unmolested when did you first see him asked balzer of polly parrot about a mile down the river by fox's bluff responded polly i've been running every step of the way just as hard as i could run and that there fire bear not more than ten feet behind me growling like thunder and blazing and smoking away like a bonfire nonsense said balzer he wasn't blazing when i saw him of course he wasn't responded paul he'd about burned out did you think a bear could blaze away forever like a volcano paul's logical statement seemed to be convincing to the children and he blazed up did he asked liney her bright eyes large with wonder and fear blazed up ejaculated polly bless your soul liney don't you see how hot i am would a man be sweating like i am on such a night as this unless he's been powerful nigh to a mighty hot fire paul's corroborative evidence was too strong for doubt to contend against and a depressing conviction fell upon the entire company including balzer that it was really the fire bear which polly and balzer had seen although balzer in common with most of the settlers had laughed at the stories of the fire bear which had been told in the settlement yet now he was convinced because he had seen it with his own eyes it was true that the bear was not ablaze when he saw him but certainly he looked like a great glowing ember and with polly's testimony balzer was ready to believe all he had heard concerning this most frightful spectre of blue river the fire bear 
one of the stories concerning the fire-bear was to the effect that when he was angry he blazed forth into a great flame and that when he was not angry he was simply aglow at times when the forests were burned or when barns or straw sacks were destroyed by fire many persons especially of the ignorant class attributed the incendiarism to the fire-bear others who pretended to more wisdom charged the indians with the crimes of the latter class had been balzer but to see is to believe another superstition about the fire-bear was that any person who should be so unfortunate as to behold him would die within three months after seeing him unless perchance he could kill the fire-bear a task which would necessitate the use of a potent charm for the fire-bear bore a charmed life the fire-bear had been seen within the memory of the oldest inhabitant by eight or ten persons always after night each one who had seen the bear had died within the three months following he had been stalked by many hunters and although several opportunities to kill him had occurred yet no one had accomplished that much desired event you may be sure that there were no more games riddles or nut-cracking that evening in the brent cabin the children stood for a few moments in a frightened group and then took their old places on the logs inside the fireplace polly who was stupid with fright stood for a short time silently facing the fire and then said mournfully balzer you and me had better join the church we're goners inside the next three months goners just as sure as my name's polly then meditatively a durned sight surer than that for my name ain't polly at all but samuel or thomas or bill or something like that i forget which but we're goners balzer and we might as well get ready no living being ever seed that bear and was alive three months afterwards then liney who was sitting next to balzer touched his arm gently and said i saw him too i followed you a short way when you went out and i saw something bright crossing the river on the ice just below the barn was that the bear yes yes cried balzer for goodness sake liney why didn't you stay in the house you bet i stayed in said jim and so did i said tom no one paid any attention to what jim and limpy said and in a moment liney was weeping gently with her face in her hands jim and limpy then began to cry and soon polly was boo-hooing as if he were already at the point of death it required all of balzer's courage and strength to keep back the tears but in a moment he rose to his feet and said stop your crying everybody i'll kill that bear before the three months is half gone yes before a month has passed if liney saw him the bear dies that settles it liney looked up to balzer gratefully and then turning to polly said he'll save us polly he killed the one-eared bear and it was enough sight worse to fight than the fire bear the one-eared bear was a was a devil polly did not share liney's confidence so he sat down upon the hearth and gazed sadly at the fire a while then taking his elbow for his pillow he lay upon the floor and moaned himself to sleep the children sat in silence for a short time and jim lay down beside polly and closed his eyes in slumber then limpy's head began to nod and soon limpy was in the land of dreams balzer and liney sat upon the spare back log for perhaps half an hour without speaking the deep bed of live coals cast a rosy glow upon their faces and the shadows back in the room grew darker as the flame of the neglected fire died out now and then a fitful blaze would start from a broken ember and the shadows danced for a moment over the floor and ceiling like sombre spectres but balzer and liney saw them not despite their disbelief in the existence of the fire-bear 
the overwhelming evidence of the last two hours had brought to them a frightful conviction of the truth of all they had heard about the uncanny fatal monster three short months of life was all that was left to them such had been the fate of all who had beheld the fire bear such certainty would be their fate unless balzer could kill him an event upon which liney built much greater hope than did balzer after a long time balzer spoke in a low tone that he might not disturb the others liney if i only had a charm i might kill the fire bear but a gun by itself can do nothing against a monster that bears a charmed life we must have a charm you've read so many books and you know so much can't you think of a charm that would help me no no balzer sighed liney you know more than i a thousand times nonsense liney didn't you spell down everybody even the grown folks over at castor's b yes i know i did but spelling isn't everything balzer it's mighty little and don't teach us anything about charms you might know how to spell every word in a big book and still know nothing about charms i guess you're right responded balzer dolefully i wonder how we can learn to make a charm maybe the bible would teach us said liney they say it teaches us nearly everything i expect it would responded balzer suppose you try it i will answered liney silence ensued once more broken only by the moaning wind and the occasional popping of the backlog after a few minutes liney said in a whisper balzer i've been thinking and i'm going to tell you about something i have it's a great secret no one knows of it but mother and father and i i believe it's the very thing we want for a charm it looks like it and it has strange words engraved upon it balzer was alive with interest do you promise never to tell anyone about it asked liney yes yes indeed cross my heart pon honor hope to die balzer's plain unadorned promise was enough to bind him to secrecy under ordinary circumstances for he was a truthful boy but when his lips were sealed by such oaths as cross my heart and hope to die death had no terrors which would have forced him to divulge what is it quick quick liney you'll never tell no cross my well i'll tell you i've a thing at home that's almost like a cross only the pieces cross each other in the middle and are broad at each end it's a little larger than a big button it's gold on the back and has a lot of pieces of glass each the size of a small pea on the front side only i don't believe they're glass at all they are too bright for glass you can see them in the dark where there's no light at all they shine and glitter and sparkle so that it almost makes you blink your eyes now you never saw glass like that did you no answered balzer positively liney continued that's what makes me think it's a charm for you couldn't see it in the dark unless it was a charm could you balzer i should think not there's a great big piece of glass or whatever it is in the center of it as big as a large pea and around this big piece are four words in some strange language that nobody can make out at least mother says that nobody in this country can make them out mother told me that the charm was given to her for me by a gypsy man when i was a baby mother says there's something more to tell me about it when i become a woman maybe that's the charm of it i'm sure it is and she looked up to balzer with her soft bright eyes full of inquiry and hope i do believe that thing is a charm said balzer then meditatively i know it's a charm don't tell me liney that you don't know a lot of things 
Liney's sad face wore a dim smile of satisfaction at Balzer's compliments, and again they both became silent. Balzer remained in a brown study for a few moments, and then asked, "'Where does your mother keep the—the the charm?' "'She keeps it in a box under my bed.' "'Good, good,' responded Balzer. "'Now I'll tell you what to do to make it a sure enough charm.' "'Yes, yes,' eagerly interrupted Liney. "'You take the charm and hold it on your lips while you pray seven times that I may kill the bear. Do that seven times for seven nights, and on the last night I'll get the charm, and Polly, Limpy, and I will go out and kill the bear, just as sure as you're alive.' The plan brought comfort to the boy and girl. Soon Liney's eyes became heavy, and she fell asleep, and as Balzer looked upon her innocent beauty, he felt in his heart that if seven times seven prayers from Liney's lips could not make a charm which would give him strength from on high to kill the bear, there was no strength sufficient for that task to be had any place. Late in the night, nine o'clock, the parents of the children came home. The sleepers were aroused, and all of them tried to tell the story of the fire bear at one and the same time. "'Tell me about it, Balzer,' said Mr. Fox, seriously, for he, too, was beginning to believe in the story of the fire bear. Then Balzer told the story, assisted by Polly, and the strange event was discussed until late into the night, without, however, the slightest reference to the charm by either Balzer or Liney. That was to remain their secret. Mr. and Mrs. Fox remained with the Brents all night, and before they left next morning, Liney whispered to Balzer, "'I'll begin tonight, as you told me to do, with the charm. Seven nights from this the charm will be ready, if I can make it.' "'And so will I be ready,' answered Balzer, and both felt that the fate of the fire-bear was sealed." End of chapter 7. Recording by Tanika, Madison, Alabama.